Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio Podcast starts, starts now. We talk a lot about unity. We study so much about culture and science. We're always trying to find like common ground in our friendships, but today we still feel more divided than ever. We're talking with Matthew Stephen Brown on SWS Radio. He's the lead pastor at Sandals Church in Southern California and also an author. Hey, Matthew. Yeah, welcome, man. It is so good to be on your show. Super excited. Want to just give a shout out to all the listeners. Super excited to be here. And yeah, man, want to talk about my book and how it's changed my life. And I think it can change your listeners' lives. Yeah, so it's funny because like in this diverse world, we get going and we talk about so much about our differences, but then we want to respect people, we want to have grace for people that are different, come from different backgrounds. But if we're going to understand other people and their backgrounds, we also have to understand ourselves, right? We're all wired up with different personalities. And when we talk about diversity, a lot of times we just kind of gloss over that, don't we? Yeah, I would say that personality is the most ignored aspect in our culture today. You know, we talk about race, we talk about gender, we talk about sexuality, and nobody talks about personality, which every single human being has one. And it's God's gift to you. And so, man, I got this great tool and some Christians are leery about it. And so let me just, let's just get to that right out of the way. A lot of Christians, you say Enneagram, they lose their minds. And so to every single person that's listening, here's what the Bible says. It says, we demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Here's what Paul said. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's what my book is about. It's taking this tool called the Enneagram and it's making it obedient to Christ so that ultimately you don't just learn about Christ, but you learn about yourself. And that's what I want all your listeners to know is Jesus isn't just calling you and me to himself. He's calling us to our true selves. And the Enneagram is a tool that's going to help you look at how do I perceive the world? How do I process what I perceive? And then how do I present myself? And I think those are three huge questions to our listeners. And Jesus says that Christians are not as shrewd as the rest of the world. So what he's saying is sometimes we just say, well, it's all in God's hands. And what we have to ask as Christians is, what has God put in my hands? Well, your personality, my personality, it's in our hands. And John Calvin said this, that the Christian life will be best lived based upon your knowledge of God. And listen to this, your knowledge of yourself. Like we need both. We need both. And that guy understood that hundreds of years ago. And Christians today, as soon as you talk about self-help, they're like, ooh. I was like, man, a lot of us need some self-help. You know, that's why Jesus came. And it's crazy because we kind of gloss over everything. You're like, oh, I'm all about faith or I'm all about science. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with science. And then faith is amazing. But like you have your body, your soul, and your spirit. And there's a part of you that may be unhealthy physically and a part of you spiritually that's unhealthy or emotionally unhealthy. And we're trying to figure that out. But I think it starts with figuring out like, what is my personality? What's your personality? And what sort of things am I naturally wired up with, with the giftings that God's given me? But those can go healthier you're unhealthy. And I think that's one of the things that it's interesting when you dig into the Enneagram, you see like there's certain temptations you might have more of a disposition towards than someone else, but there's also those levels of like amazing emotional response that you respond differently than other people. And here's what I would just say is, you know, for somebody who's skeptical, I was doing a book signing event this week and this guy came up to me and here's what he said. He said, you know, my wife and I have a pretty good marriage. He said, the book didn't help our marriage. I'm like, okay, great. And then he started crying. And he said, but my son's a five on the Enneagram. And he said, I couldn't reach him. I love my son, but we were strangers in our own house. And he uh, said, thank you so much for giving me a tool 
to love my son. And this big, burly, scary guy hugged me. And I was like, okay, because I thought it was starting off really bad. And so here's what I would say. You know, Jesus said, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Jesus said, why do you stare at the speck in your brother's eye, but you fail to see the log in your own? And so for all of our listeners, if you call yourself a Christian, Jesus is asking you and me a question. Why do you? (laughs) Why do you? And that's why the book is called you. People say, well, why didn't you call it God? God is not the problem. You are the problem. Why don't we see the log that's in our eye? And here's the thing. Every single one of us has blind spots. I can see you're wearing glasses right now. Normally I wear glasses. They help us see out. The Enneagram is a tool that helps us see in. And we're all blind to ourselves. And we all don't understand, you know, maybe the way that we're acting, behaving, thinking, feeling, the Enneagram is going to give us tools to see that. And it's, I think it's a beautiful, amazing thing if we take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. You know, I'm not encouraging anyone to be an expert on the Enneagram. This book's about you need to be an expert on you. Yeah, figuring out where your personality is, understanding the healthy self versus like the unhealthy. Because I think we all go to that place, Matt, where it's like, okay, there's those times in my life I'm like, you know what? I'm more like a three. I'm more of like the performer kind of type, okay? So it's like there's certain sins that performers have that are different than someone who's more of the challenger or the peacemaker. And, you know, we think, oh, I wish I was more of a peacemaker, but I wasn't wired up that way naturally. And to me, the attributes of a peacemaker seem a little bit more holy because I'm just not wired up that way naturally. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think we all wish we were somebody else, but God didn't make you to be anybody else. On judgment day, we're not going to be held accountable because we weren't more like someone else. God's going to hold us accountable. Did you become the person I called you to be? You know, and we need to remember that the parable of the talents, the guy with one talent is not responsible for the guy with five and the guy with two, but he is responsible for the one talent that he was given. And as Christians, we need to think about that and say, God, I want to honor you with this talent. And, and here's the thing is so many Christians are like, well, I don't feel like I have any gifts. You are the gift. You are God made you to be the gift. And so what I would do is, is I would really work hard to figure out, okay, what are my gifts? And just like you and I were both threes in the Enneagram, you know, we're, we're big personalities, big voices. That's what God's called us to be. But we need to learn what the, the shadow side of that personality is and to really work through the sin that you and I struggle with. You know, my wife doesn't ever struggle with exaggerating. That's just not her. I mean, she's a one, she's precise, right? You know, just the facts and only the facts. And that's just not me, you know, facts feel boring. So I've got to constantly be be aware of, hey, here's what really happened. You know, so if I ran five miles, I would tell you, I almost ran a marathon. Well, that's not true. And I've learned, I have to say, I ran 5.1 miles today because Jesus says the truth shall set you free. So what does that mean? Lies will imprison us and enslave us. So this is what that book will do. It's going to run through nine personality styles. And here's what I would tell people. Christians say, I'm not a number. And you're not a number. You're you. But if you and I, let's say you and I really connect and I wanted to have you over to my house for lunch or dinner, I'm going to give you my address. My address contains numbers. And this is what I want everybody to understand. The numbers won't tell you who I am, but they will help you find me. And that's what the Enneagram can do, man. If you're not happy in your marriage, if you're struggling in a relationship with a friend or a family member or your own kid, these numbers will help you find them. And it's just so important for people to to understand that God does not love us equally. He loves us uniquely, uniquely. 
And one of the things I go through is I go through nine different characters in the Bible, and it will blow your mind how differently God addresses each of these people, each of these people. And it's so profound. So for you and I, the story I tell is the story of the rich young ruler, a super unhealthy three. What do I got to do to win at heaven? Right. And it's just incredible dialogue. And what I love is Jesus, the Bible says he had genuine affection for him. You know, as threes, we struggle with genuine feelings. We're so focused on what do I got to do? What am I going to be? How am I going to be successful? And that's what the rich young ruler wants to know. But he walks away from the most important thing in life, which is a real relationship with God. And man, that just kills us, you know, and and we run around telling everybody they got to be born again. That's a conversation with a five, Nicodemus. And what Jesus is saying is you can't think your way into heaven. You can't do it. You can't observe me. You have to believe in me. And that's just so, so important for us. You know, I tell the story about sevens. I love sevens when David dances naked before the Lord. Look, if you're a joyful person, man, things can get out of control real quick. And so you got to put in some guardrails so you don't end up, you know, partying and getting naked. And that's in the Bible. A lot of people didn't know that, but his priestly garments, you know, fell off and his wife said, hey. And so there's just a lot of conversations in the Bible. It's a fun book. It's an exciting book. But ultimately, here's where I'm going to lead everybody to Jesus. The Enneagram can help you. Jesus and Jesus alone can save you. You know, we're talking about understanding our different personalities. If we want to understand the other people that we work with or even understand our wife and our kids differently, because we're wired up, not just with giftings and talents, but our personality is enhanced by that. And we're talking with Matthew Stephen Brown today at SWS Radio, and he's the lead pastor at Sandals Church in Southern California. Matthew, it's so interesting because a lot of times when you're struggling in your faith, I mean, there's like one third of the world claims to be a Jesus follower, right? And we still can't even agree on who who we are because we're not understanding our styles, our backgrounds. And so much of that is conditioned by understanding our different personalities. Amen. I think as Christians, we think that the differences are always theology. I think it's personality. And we tend to gravitate as personalities to certain types of theologies. And, and so what that means is we rank theological things we and we think it's based upon what we believe. But it's not what we believe about God. It's what we fail to understand about ourselves. And that's why we lean that way. And so that's where the differences lie. You know, theologically, most Christians, man, we're 90% on the same page, but personality types, we are extraordinarily different. You know, my wife's a six on the Enneagram and I talk about Peter and, and I love Peter, man. God built his church upon that rock. And Peter is constantly saying, God, I want to follow you, but giving into fear over and over again. And my, my wife, uh, we went for a run together. I'm an unhealthy three. And so she needed to use restroom. So I, I said, I'm going to finish, right? I ran ahead, which I shouldn't have done. <laughs> and, and then I felt guilty. And I said, I'm going to run back. Here's the thing. As I was running back, my wife was afraid that some man was running towards her to mug her. Oh, I'm, like, no. I'm like, I'm like, I'm wearing the same clothes. I, I'm exactly the same clothes. You know, it, it's just funny. That would never, ever, ever occur to me, you know, that she would be afraid of me in the exact same clothes that I was wearing minutes earlier. But fear is such a big part of her life. And so many of our issues in marriage really came down to her not feeling safe, not feeling secure, and not feeling heard. You know, my wife told me one time, she said, I feel like, remember in the old days when people get married, they would put the strings and the cans behind the car? Oh, yeah, and just dangle them all, yeah. Yeah, she, to make all that noise. She said, I feel like you're in the car driving and me and the kids are the cans being dragged behind you. And I was like, oh, my gosh you know, because I wasn't seeing her and I was going to do all these great things for God, 
but she felt dragged along rather than seen, heard, and loved. And so, you know, my book's a lot of fun, a lot of stories. I think, you know, people will enjoy it. You're going to learn a lot about the Bible. I would encourage you to read it. And that's the thing is when I do these interviews with non-Christians, the first thing they say is, you know, Christians are concerned. I'm talking about the Enneagram. Here's what non-Christians say. You sure talk about Jesus in the Bible a lot in your book. <laughs> You're like, go figure, right? I get, I get criticized for, you can't win. But the point is to, to really bring these biblical characters alive and help people to understand, man, God used all of these styles for his kingdom and for his glory to make a difference. And God wants to use you. Where did the idea of the Enneagram really come from? Was that from like a group of monks back in the Middle Ages? Or? You know, people argue of where the Enneagram started from. So I think it really originates with some Catholic monks who came up with this idea of seven deadly sins. And so all of those sins are in the Enneagram styles. And then there's two that are added. And we're not exactly sure where the two were added, but you and I will appreciate the two that are added. One is fear. And most people don't think of fear as a sin. But did you know the Bible 365 times says, do not be afraid? That's one time for every day of the year, because fear is a terrible God. It's a terrible God to worship, and it will keep you from serving God if you're not careful. And then the other one you're going to crack up is lying, the core sin of the three. Those two are added. And then personality types are based off of our struggles. And here's the thing I love about the Enneagram is you can change. You can get better. You can grow. You're not fixed in. You're not locked in. You're not stuck. Yeah. And it really gives you a pathway and a roadway to get out. And so I first heard of it. Actually, I was a student at Biola, you know, a conservative Christian school. And a professor recommended this book written by a Catholic priest called The Enneagram from a Christian Perspective. And I was leery at first. I don't know. You know, I wasn't sure what it was. And man, when I read it, I just I had to repent. And I said, God, this is me. This is my struggle. I just want to be successful, famous at all costs. And you know what? I was using God to accomplish my own core sin. And a lot of people do that. And I was humbled and broken. And it just led me down this path where I had to get more real with myself. I had to get real with my wife. I had to get real with my church. And I realized my church is not a platform. My church is a privilege. And it just, it just helped me so, so much. And, you know, Paul says in Philippians, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever is true, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, focus on these things. And there are just things in the Enneagram that are all of those things. Now, there are weirdos. You know, if you Google it, they're crazy people, weirdos. Don't follow them. You know, like if I'm going to go to a counselor, I go to a Christian counselor. That's what I do. I think counselors are great. But I want to make sure my, my counselor has the same foundation as I do. And so if you're going to study the Enneagram or you're curious about it, what I would do is I would learn about it from a Christian who has the same foundation that you and I have. You know, it's so interesting when we're trying to understand each other, we talk and talk and talk and talk, and we try to convince other people of what we want them to know or what we want them to think or how we want them to see us. But a lot of times when we're in a relationship with people, the breakthroughs come when we're listening to them more than we're speaking. And it's so crazy because even as Jesus followers, we have so much division. And, you know, even in churches, you know, this last year, it's, you know, 
to wear a mask to not wear a mask? Are we pushing back against the government or are we not? Or are we loving our community by wearing masks? And, and these are all just manifestations of the same underlying issues, right? It's either fear of something, it's control of something, it's rebellion of something, or it's a genuine concern of something. But we don't get to that until we actually listen to the other person's perspective. And then we do the same thing with like our racial background and the racial makeup of our different cities. And I know, you know, you live in Riverside, I live in Las Vegas, but we have people in Idaho and Montana that are also listening right now in Utah that are all thinking about their faith community from that same perspective. And I think the encouraging and disturbing thing at the same time is even in the early church, you had the personality clashes. I mean, you look at like Peter and Paul and Paul's out going saying, hey, I have a heart and I feel like I'm supposed to share Jesus with all of these non-Jewish people. And Peter's like, no, the Jewish law is saying this and I'm not sure what Jesus is fully saying yet, but my conviction is for the Jewish people first and they had to flesh that out and they had to talk it out and they had to go behind closed doors and almost like understand, can we even trust each other? But I think a lot of it was the listening. Yeah, so it's interesting. So Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? He quotes the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter six. And a lot of Christians don't know what that is, but it's the prayer that Jews pray every morning. And Shema means to hear. Listen, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So being a follower of God starts with listening. And I think far too many of us, you know, look at our culture. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's protesting. Everybody's screaming. Who's listening? You know, I think especially young people today, you want to be heard, but can you hear? And that's what we have to ask. And so the Enneagram, I think, will help you learn where you need to listen And, you know, I'm like you, I'm a talker. I wasn't very good at listening. And through the Enneagram, I've learned I need to to lead better. I need to do two things. I need to love better and listen better. And the Enneagram helped me figure that out. And that's my hope that this book will make people a better version of themselves. And who doesn't want that? Hey, can we talk about sin for a minute? We're talking with Matthew Stephen Brown today at SWS Radio, and he's the lead pastor at Sandals Church in Southern California. We're talking about understanding our personality types and living out our faith and understanding those that are around us that have different gifts and have different resources and come from different backgrounds. But Matt, it's so interesting because as we're thinking about sin, like there's different personality types that actually have different wirings that kind of lead to different sort of temptations that half of our friends and family don't even think about. It's like for some people, it's going to be more about greed is a natural thing that creeps up. For other people, it's going to be pride. Other people, the temptations get a little darker. And other people, it's just like simple things like people pleasing. Like to me, is more of like a virtue and a value because I I feel like I should do more of that. But for other people, it's like one of the core temptations they have because they let everybody walk all over them. Yeah. So the the beautiful thing about the Enneagram is I think as Christians, we know for all have sinned and fall short short of the glory of God. But what sin? What sin gets you? What sin traps you? And what this book will do is, is it will help you to identify your sin and see where it's creeping up. And so each nine styles struggles with a core sin. There's, there's a core strength to the style and there's a core sin to the style. And you're right. You know, one of the sins we don't talk about enough in the church is the sin of anger. And that's the sin of the one. And, you know, you and I, I don't know if you grew up in church, but everybody calls the story in Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son. And how sad it's the story of a father with two boys. And in my book, I talk about the forgotten son. He's the unhealthy one. And the story ends. He won't go to the party. Do you know why? 
He's angry at his father. And the core sin of the one is anger. And it's all through the church. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you go to church and I'm just so angry. You know, it's just like, good God. You know, it's like, I love Jesus. Well, tell your face, man. Your face doesn't know you love Jesus. (laughs) The two, Martha in the story, you know, Mary and Martha, she's always serving, but she's so prideful. She tells Jesus, think about this. She tells Jesus what to do. And it's crazy. The rich young ruler, the three, you know, he's lying to himself. The four in in my book is King Saul. People don't think of fours as leaders, but man, they are. But if you're not careful, your sin of envy and what Saul's sin, he's envious of David. You know, the five, Nicodemus, he's staring at Jesus. I know that there's something unusual about you, Jesus, but he doesn't believe. Six, you know, the sin of fear for Peter. Seven, David, you know, he just gluttony, man. He'd like to party. He liked to drink, you know, had a couple wives, got naked, you know, dancing before the Lord, just went wild. The eight, you know, I talk about Nathan, the beauty of the eight, but the ugly side of the eight, Samson, you know, lust, the core sin of lust. And then one of the sins we don't talk enough about, laziness. You know, Abraham constantly not doing the right thing, you know, telling his wife, just just tell him we're not married, you know, not confronting Lot, you know, uh, but the beauty of that style, the peacemaker, trying to keep Sodom and Gomorrah from being judged. And so, I run through those styles and it's just so important that we know, okay, where am I most likely to be tempted and where am I gifted? It's going back to those giftings and talents and the way that God wired us up before we were born, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking with Matthew Stephen Brown today at SWS Radio and he has a brand new book. It's called A Book Called You, Understanding the Enneagram from a Grace-Filled Biblical Perspective. Thanks so much for sharing some time with us today, Matt. Thank you, man. It was super exciting just to be on your show and just want to give a shout out to everybody, especially your listeners in Vegas. You said Idaho, Montana, man, that's incredible. And the high desert here in California. So love all you guys. I hope this book will bless you and just bless your life. Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If, if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.